welcome back to On the Bench with Beaks. After this long little hiatus, I wouldn't say little. It was a pretty big hiatus. Yeah, it, was about, it was about six months. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, I am your titular host, Cody Beekman, and with me, as always, is Bryce McMillan. Hey, what's up? Hello, man. This is crazy being back in the laboratory. It is. It is. Uh, everything's brand new. We got all brand new gear. Yeah. Look at this! This beautiful, all these little colors and this little dialy thing we got here. What's yeah, that? lighting up our lives here, making everything fucking easier. The roadcaster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been so long since we got in. So like, uh, there's been a lot of shit that's been happening almost the whole season of hockey, without us uh, talking about it. So, I mean, shit. Let's get into it. Uh, I mean, to start it out, I, I like uh, with this new season comes new player acquisitions and. We've got like almost 20 games into the season so far, so uh, let's take a look at some of the players that we've uh, that have, that are on new teams that um, you know are making a bit of a difference or maybe not so much of a difference. Um, what do you got for your first uh, for for a player that you've been looking at that's kind of a you know just caught your eye in one way or another? Yeah, for me, um, it was really surprising to see the Blues get rid of Tarasenko. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, going to New York last year and then signing in Ottawa. He just bounced around within one year pretty quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah. And to see just, you know, since we last talked, he was with, you know, two different teams. And now he's, like, chilling over here in Ottawa. I'm like, how how does it even happen? Like, how do how do the Blues get rid of something like O'Reilly, right? And they get rid of, you know, Tarasenko. They're cleaning the house. So that was those are two big ones for me. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that's and O'Reilly even ending up in Nashville. This year, after, uh, yeah, I mean, it's after, like, going to Toronto last year. So, yeah, it's been a little, uh, it's been a weird landscape for, uh, yeah, for a couple, I mean, huge hitters in the, in the central to move out east. And, I mean, Tarasenko, I think, when I, when I first saw him sign in Ottawa, I was like, I don't, I don't know how well that's going to fit. I, I, I really don't. And, you know, he's not, he's actually fitting in quite well up there. I mean, he is. I mean, you think of Ottawa, like, they, they were right on the brink last year, I think, of probably being a playoff team, right? Close, and then, yeah. So, I mean, they had him make some pretty huge moves. I think Terrence Sanko, no, he's not the most physical player, but I think for, he's positionally-wise, he's, he's where he needs to be at all times. For sure. Um, and, I mean, you got Stutzla and Norris up there with him to be on, that like, that first power play. It's it's looked pretty well so far. I mean, Ottawa has had their struggles earlier in this year, but I mean, I feel like they're they're gonna come out of this and m- maybe actually contend for a playoff spot. I mean, they they, they kind of have to. It's kind of where the Avs were at, you know, I think two or three years ago, to where they were right on the brink of just making the playoffs. And I think with two more moves, they could easily be in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, for sure. One or two away, you know, they're so close. Oh yeah, and I mean with that. Uh, gambling suspension to Shane Pento. They're going to have to uh, pick up somebody. And speaking of losing another player, I mean, Alex Brinkett, I think he's been my most eye-opening player so far in this early season. I mean, uh, after signing that huge contract in Ottawa, mm-hmm. and then a year later saying, no, I, I, I want out. So... <laughs> So everybody, everybody in Ottawa is like, "What the fuck, man!" And so he goes, uh, he he signs in. Uh, well, he gets traded to Detroit. And let's face it, nobody wants to play in Detroit, so he's he's kind of lucky there. Oh, he wanted to go there, which is oh. fucking crazy. But I mean, he is a Michigan kid, 
and he sure. grew up like uh, you know watching the, the Red Wings and being a fan of the Red Wings. Did so, not know that. Yeah. So yeah, he was like as soon as he possibly could. He was just like, yeah, I'm I'm fucking out of Ottawa, and I'm gonna sign in Detroit. And I'll tell you what, man, he's he's been huge for them this so far. Well, I mean, I have his stats pulled up right now um, from the season so far. He has played in 15 games. I'm kind of looking at it. I mean, yeah, he's setting guys up. He has 10 assists, but in the goal, you know, goal scoring department, he's three goals. Um, it's not quite where he was last year, where he had, you know, he had eight goals at this point last year. Oh, no, he's got 11 goals, six assists right now, plus four on yeah, Detroit. My, which is with Detroit? Yeah. This I'm talking year. about Ottawa. Oh, well, well, yeah, with Ottawa, it, what, you know, to be completely honest with you, it really wasn't working out for him. So, And then now this year, yeah, he's got 17 games played, 11 goals, 6 assists already. Mm, so he had a big jump from last year. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm thinking he's going to be – he's uh, pretty pretty stoked to be in Michigan, which, I mean, I can't really say that, uh, that would be my situation. But, I mean, hell, the huge addition. And you know what, uh, uh, you know, Detroit's another team that's could be uh, battling for a fucking playoff spot out in the East right now. It's been a while for Detroit. They've been on a pretty long drought. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, it's it's but, almost been like a league leading drought, which is ridiculous because they they used to hold the uh, the record for uh, most times making the yes, playoffs consecutively. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've kind of switched it up, but uh, you know this this could definitely be the year where they uh, where they actually make it back into the playoffs. I mean, they've done uh, some pretty good things uh, uh, during the offseason. I mean, even getting JT Confer and he's been contributing as well. Oh, I do miss my my little JT. It's fucking weird seeing Confer in a in a Detroit Red Wings jersey. I'll tell you that I right know, now. Kind of goes well with the orange beard. Yeah, the little ginger, the ginger aspect he's got the going on. Little gingerbread man, dude, just chill. Gingerbread man, oh my god, yeah, absolutely. So you know, I like, but he's he was gonna get more uh, playing time than here in Colorado. So I think that's what's really uh, like, you know, making uh, helping him produce a little more. It is, um, but you know, I mean, I'm happy to see where he's at. I mean, that's, we were talking about it the other day. He's got to three world. World games, right? World, the series games. Yeah, because like the, yeah, they're playing right now in uh, Sweden with the with the global series. Global series, that is so cool. Yeah, and I think they like uh, this. This may be a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, jumping a little forward, but I like the way they did the global series this year was really cool. They didn't just have like two teams playing two games; they have four teams playing like four games, which is, I think is a way better way to do it. You know, it's almost like a little round robin tournament for all four of those teams. And I think it's cool to showcase more of the, like of the NHL in that way. I agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing like, you know, I mean, hockey is different than in the NBA. You're seeing the NBA doing this little in league tournament during the, like just the start of the season. Yeah. And they're getting out of the way. You know, it's not like mid-season, but they're actually going to be able to win a playoff spot out of that, which is actually pretty cool. It is. So, That's an interesting way of doing it. I just don't think that would work in the uh, NHL. I don't think so either. But what I would like to see, though, is more of an off-season. I want to see more of like a world tournament, like the World Cup. I want to see the best players. I mean, just play all over the world. I want to see that. Like, That's, not in one spot. They're yeah. actually working on this, like mm-hmm. a world's tournament for, uh, I think, 2004. 25 or 2026 they're going to institute like uh, another like world cup of hockey and i don't think it should obviously just be just for nhl players it should just be if you're you're, you know you're hot in the minor leagues want to pull you up if you have you're going to play for your country you should go be able to do that too well yeah i mean 
I mean, uh, let's let's be honest with you. Not every country that you know is in the world of hockey has like the gigantic pool of like Canadian hockey players or even American hockey players. Right. So, yeah, you kind of have to like be able to you know let uh, p- uh, players from the KHL or like the CHL or you know anywhere else to to come and play as well, especially for like you know Slovenia if they were to have like yeah, come to team. Jamaica. Oh, no, I'm just, just kidding. Just, <laughs> Who fucking knows, baby? You know, like, uh, fuck it, man. Why not? It's like Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> fuck it. Let's just go Mighty Ducks on this. <laughs> the most random fucking countries ever. Eastland. Just, yeah. I, I the gig gunner stall out there. <laughs> so, moving on. I mean, like, uh, so we talked about players. What about teams? What are, what are the teams that have, like, surprised you so far in this early season? Well, if you don't mind, I just want to talk Ryan O'Reilly real quick. Oh, for um, sure. Absolutely. Because I think that he – perfect fit. I think he found a spot here for probably the next six years. Um, oh, if I, he's going to still be playing that long, I think that's kind of where he's going to stay because it's, it's a good start to the season. Look at it. It's 16 games, eight goals, seven assists, 15 points. I mean, that's, I mean, you're averaging a point a game at that point. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's. No, total perfect fit for Nashville and Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he is like this, the, uh, like, high, high hockey IQ player that's very, very responsible defensively. And Nashville's always been a very responsible, like, very, like, uh, defense oriented team. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's perfect right down the center with, I mean, Forsberg, uh, Philip Forsberg on his, on his, those two have been uh, hooking up for like incredible goals already in this early season. <laughs> he's just taking the Matt Duchesne path right now. No, I, I think he's taking a little bit better of a path than Matt Duchesne right now. <laughs> but no, I mean, for center though, I mean, they needed somebody who can set people up, play you know, two hundred foot game, and he's so perfect at playing that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, just like I said, it's always super responsible with the puck, like high hockey IQ. Maybe not the best skater. We all we've always known that, but I mean, uh, that's uh, yeah. Nashville is a perfect fit for Ryan O'Reilly. I totally agree. Um, but yeah, other than that, let's hop in. What do you want to talk about here, buddy? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to talk about maybe some of these teams that are uh, that you know that uh, maybe have just kind of you know opened your eyes up a bit. You know, just uh, just as we talked about the players, like what what uh, what teams kind of like uh, really kind of surprised you. I mean, there's a couple of the Sharks for one, but let's hop into the Edmonton Oilers here for a second. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's almost like we're looking at the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's always their year. It's going to be their year. It's like, it's almost like the Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers are always going to be like, it's always our year. They're oh, yeah. Like, oh, this is, we're, we're getting over the hump. But when you have a player taking up so much of your salary and, yeah. you know, you dry sidle, yeah, they're always going to be a dynamic duo, but you don't have three lines. You don't have three lines. And now you're really starting to see it. And you have two players playing like that. I think the Leafs totally caught on to that. They, oh yeah. I mean, they're reading their. It's almost like you can go back and watch their film. You know, kind of like the Avs talk will happen a little bit here, but they're using the same plays constantly over and over and over, and you can literally, you know, just see what's happening on the ice. They're getting taken down. They're getting red. Yeah. And so they're getting eaten alive. And to me, yeah, obviously they're considered the best duo and like in the NHL, right? And quote unquote, Mc, McJesus over here. He hasn't really done anything. You haven't seen him play his style of hockey like he has the last, you know, three or four years. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, he did get hurt, like, I think, like, three or four games into the season. And then uh, it was was said that he was going to take a lot more time to come back. 
and heel, but he came back right at the Heritage Classic, and he just hasn't looked like that McDavid star that everybody everybody loves to gawk at and talk about. And uh, I mean, yeah, Drysaddle, you know, he's he's put in a, his fair share of points so far, but I mean, yeah, this is not the same dynamic duo that we've seen. And and I agree with you, man. I really think the league's starting to catch on to their their jive, and you can see it. I mean, uh, right now uh, they're they're not even sitting in close to a playoff spot right now. Uh, they didn't even get their fourth win until I don't th- I think like ten games into the season. No, it's, maybe even let more. And you can watch the highlights. He's not been being able to just you know undress defenseman down the center of the ice like he has been just going through Broadway. And yeah. That's what he does. And then Dreisaitl can't work his way in the corner. He can't. He's not getting in front of the net. He's not really doing much at all. He's yeah. shut down at the point constantly. And, and so. vis- they're both visibly. I mean, the whole team is visibly frustrated. And, I mean, to have two goaltenders that are playing, like, way lackluster hockey does not help at all either. Especially when a team like Edmonton uh, is not known for its defensive prowess. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's that's been their biggest problem Throughout these seasons, really, is the, they they still have yet. I mean, they added Matthias Ekholm last year uh, from the trade deadline. I mean, they have Darnell Nurse, but uh, Matthias Ekholm was not played the way he did in Nashville, and uh, Dar- Darnell Nurse has been relatively unseen as well. So, like, uh, you just don't have this defensive core that can sustain all this uh, offensive pressure that they get every night. I mean, and you can see it. They've been uh, they they're getting ran up on the scoreboard almost every other every other night. It's hard. It's 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 hard for them to keep the puck out of their own net. But yeah, I just I, I really think they're uh, until until they uh, realize a way to better diverse their uh, their cap and uh, really I mean double down on some strong more uh, responsible defensemen. This is just going to be the continuous situation that uh the edmonton oilers are going to find themselves in i'm just leaving a little pause here i'm just looking up some dry sidle stats real quick and pulling up some uh mcdavid stats i want to see where they're at right now that's insane i mean yeah as it stands right now they're at a negative 14 goal differential and uh, for a team with that much offensive power or quote unquote offensive power, that 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 does not bode well for anyone. No, and that's the team stats. You know, here's Leon. Uh, I mean, he's doing Leon things. Looks like you know on paper, right? Sixteen games this year, six goals, fifteen assists, twenty-one points. Not too shabby for the start of the year. That's yeah. Um, that's pretty much where you'd expect Drysaddle to be sitting at right now. Okay, now listen to this. So here's McDavid, 14 games, four goals, nine assists. Yeah, see? Yeah. That's... You that's, shut him down, you shut the team down. Yeah, that's pretty all. much, yeah. I mean, and I mean, who do you think's going to uh, pick that up? You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Vander Kane? Yeah. Vander Kane hasn't been playing very well either. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been almost... He can't even fill his hand, Vander Kane. Right? He's out there just playing with a numb hand. For real, like partial, I mean, partial filling. Yeah, but. that that was a gnarly that was a gnarly uh, injury last year, but and I mean, it took thirty one games for him to like actually come back. So I mean, yeah. I get it, but I but I mean, if this is your secondary scoring. You're not seeing a lot of it. No, 
No, Hardly no. any of it, actually, you know. And then we have, you know, the uh, the shark tank. It looks like a bunch of dead sharks is floating to the top Oh, of the God, yeah. I like, mean, first 11 games, not a single win. And uh, the Edmonton's Oilers lost to them. Getting their fins taken off, literally. Just. Seriously, they're making just like shark. They're literally just shark soup. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, uh, historically bad. I don't think uh, a team has started out that bad since 1963. No, shitty chalk soup, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Uh, they finally won a couple games. That's good. Um, uh, yeah, like I think they're three thirteen and one right now. So I mean, obviously it's total rebuild. Seventeen wins, th- sorry, uh, seventeen games played. Yeah, three wins, thirteen losses, yeah. and one overtime loss. So yeah, it's uh, and, and what what uh, what begs the question is like is like is Logan Couture and like Thomas Thomas Hurdle ready for another rebuild or are they gonna move on to and just like fully tear this thing down? Because I mean, you uh you lose Brent Burns a couple of years back, then uh, you you trade Eric Carlson over the summer. What do you have left? You literally just have Logan Couture. And Tomas Hurdle. And you have other players now that are actually taking leave of absences too. So these next few games, um, they're going to be without uh, Nico Strum. So yeah, and Sturm, you know, like Sturm, he uh, he's uh, he's just a third, fourth line guy. You know, we we saw him in the in Colorado, and you know he was factoring in and out of the lineup and such. And I mean. Not a big guy that to be playing a lot of uh, like putting up all these offensive points, and uh, Anthony Duclair, uh, who they just acquired uh, from Florida over the summer, um, he's been virtually non-existent as well. I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of folks on that team that have really, really shown anything other than like Mackenzie Blackwood, right? No, yeah. you know. And I mean, uh, Kinsey Blackwood is a very capable goaltender, but I mean, when you're getting shelled every single night, shit's gonna start to leak through. He starts off really hot. He starts off really hot. That you can tell. Just they're just getting, they're just lowering him. They're fatiguing him. There is he's just getting his confidence lowered every fucking period. I mean, how you can how, see it happen, how, how could you not? I mean, it's 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 to the point where you know you're literally facing a barrage of shots every single night because I mean. The team's just not up to snuff. I'll be honest though; he's let a lot of goals in from just like the top of the top of the crease. Yeah, for sure. Um, positionally, he could be a little bit better, um, but I think he just at the end of the game, he just so slow. He just so tired, so fatigued. Oh, just so getting pounded. Out, yeah. For sure. At least you know, good. You know, fifty-eight minutes of the game, it seems like they're getting two minutes of possession sometimes, and it's like, come on. <laughs> for, well, I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do with two minutes of fucking possession in a, in a sixty, a sixty-minute game? Yeah, they're definitely on ice for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, to talk about something positive, uh, that the Vancouver fucking Canucks, man. Are you kidding me right now? I mean, second in the Pacific. Are you like it's it's insane, dude? They have like that beauty, Brock Besser too. Look at him. How can you not? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Brock Besser resurgence with under Rick Tockett, and I mean. Uh, Elias Pettersson, he's coming back and actually, you know, he's putting points up. And then Quinn Hughes, I don't know what he did over the summer. He looks bigger. He looks Dude. stronger. He is really, like, he's really starting to, like, uh, you know, 
all the hype that he that he uh, garnered when he first came into the league, he's really starting to come into all all of what uh, all these you know all these um, analysts and you know uh, uh, talking heads of the NHL were saying about him when he was drafted. I mean, I just for some reason I thought the Hughes brothers were going to be linked up though. I thought they were going to get him in Jersey for some reason. It was, yeah, it, it was out there. I mean, absolutely. I mean, to have three Hughes bro- brothers on a team, that'd be fucking insane. What if they got the Hughes brothers over in Vancouver and it was like a difference in Dean kind of thing? Like, oh, shit. The triplets, the triplets out there? Well, I don't think Jack Hughes is going anywhere anytime, anytime soon, especially after the last season he had. But, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, Quinn, Quinn's impressed the hell out of me so far. I mean, he, all 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 the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, Demko's been solid in that. Uh, Brock Besser resurgence, and yeah, I mean, you've got like Andre Kuz, uh, Kuzmenko putting mm-hmm. p- putting points up almost nightly. Pedersen, dude. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh yeah, and I mean, even Ilya Mikheyev. You know, like actually, finally, maybe possibly string playing for more than just 10 games than getting hurt mm-hmm. you know like that's a rest. yeah i forgot about that that's the first yeah for real and so i mean i'll tell you what uh yeah if vancouver's impressed the hell out of me and uh you know um even you know uh shannon uh the hockey guy is just like you know he's a huge vancouver canucks fan he's like i'm tentative because I don't know how long this is gonna have uh, stay this way, but mm-hmm. I'm absolutely loving it. And, and I mean, any Canucks fan has got to be impressed with how they've uh, played this uh, first like almost 20 games so now, far. Hughes, there's times where he just looks so unstoppable. He's gotten bigger, like you said, more powerful. You can see it in the stride. Yeah, and I think just his hockey decisions. I mean, some of the shots he's been getting off these weird angles has been ridiculous. Oh, for um, sure. I mean, I think he's really comfortable, especially on the power play too. He's been killing on the power play. Oh, for oh yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, Vancouver's been super great, uh, super amazing to me. I, I mean, did not expect it. I absolutely did not expect it. So yeah, Vancouver, keep doing what you're doing. I'd love to see them back in the playoffs. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, under my breath, I'm kind of rooting for them. Oh, I really am, and and they're just they're on the heels of the Golden Knights right now. Um, they're three points away in the standings. Yeah. The number two, um, 18 games, 12 wins compared to Vegas with 13. Five losses compared to Vegas with three. I mean, it's definitely winnable. I mean, if they keep doing what they're doing, Vegas has got to hit this rut somehow, somewhere. They're going to yeah. hit a rut. And they've been, yeah, they've been, uh, I think they've been, uh, I think the uh, the Golden Knights have been, I think, like uh, one, three, and two in their last, uh, in their last six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've definitely, like, slowed down from their, torrid fucking pace that they started out with i mean well dear i mean uh 12 12 0 and 1 to start the season that's fucking insane yeah, you can't ask for a better start hell no they're not gonna be perfect but that's that's amazing that's ridiculous so yeah i mean like for them to be right nipping at the heels of the vegas golden knights after the season that they had last year mm-hmm. hell yeah i'll take it i mean you have to be so happy as a fan base right now I mean, it just you're looking at the Vancouver Canucks and you're looking at, you know, the biggest Golden Knights and you're just like, this is a team that can actually be like in the semifinals. Oh, yeah. You can easily be there. So as a fan base, you better be excited. You just got to keep these guys really healthy. Yeah, for real. Got to keep them hot. Got to keep them healthy. Oh, yeah. And I honestly, I think uh, bringing in Rick Tockett as the head coach, mm. best idea. Best idea. 
Huge change. Huge change of pace. For real. You can tell by the culture, it's just changing. There. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, just the way they carry themselves now, just... And, uh, yeah, and just like I said, I think Brock Besser really started to learn a lot from uh, Rick Tockett as, as, like, started to, like, reshape how he plays. You know what I mean? And uh, you could tell because he's putting fucking points in like crazy by sitting in front of the net, you know, go, going into those garbage areas where he didn't used to go to before He's a talking. big guy. He's a big guy. Uh, he's short, but he's stocky for sure. Like, I mean, you can, he's not going to even push out of the net. I mean, he's sitting there. Oh, he's yeah. sitting there. He battles. My thing about it is, again, with the injuries he's had, keep him healthy. Like, yeah. you have to keep him healthy. Oh, else. for real. I mean, Absolutely. he's a huge part of it. He's a, he's a huge part of that unit right now. For real. Um, and you I mean without him, I mean, you're there's not really somebody you can just plug in and replace. Yeah. Um, neither, you know, for Hughes or Pedersen. These guys just have to be healthy the entire season. Cause, yeah. And that's something that you've always been, they've always been like injured. All the time. And yeah, they, I mean, you've never really been able to see, like, a full uh, Vancouver Canucks, you know, roster for the longest time. No. The one thing I would like to see more is more out of JT Miller. Oh, yeah. JT Miller needs to really start to fuck it. Like, if, if you got JT Miller going along with all the other guys, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see them fucking sticking out sticking out this whole season. Um, how about the Mighty Ducks? You know what? I'll tell you, they're another surprise. Another huge surprise. I mean, uh, they're uh, you know they did get molly whopped by the Avs the other night, eight to two, which I mean I, I'm all right with. Yeah, we're totally cool. With yeah, that. quack quack, but quack quack, right? Uh, but uh, you know, um, their their rookie Leo Carlson has been uh, has been looking really great too. But uh, you know, nobody expected fucking Anaheim to even be sniffing at uh, anywhere near like the uh, the top of the top of the league here. Yeah, or getting Trevor Gudis. Alex, sorry, Gudis, right? Oh, Radko Gudis? Gudis. Yeah, Radko yeah. Gudis, yeah. I'm sorry, Radko I'm, Gudis. I'm, I'm, I'm mixed up Trevor. <laughs> With Trevor Zegras. Yeah, Trevor Zegras. He, you know, he's, he's actually uh, really kind of bottomed out so far this season, but I mean, he is hurt. He's been dealing with some uh, injuries in this early season. It could be the NHL curse. I, I'll tell you what. He was on the cover last season. For real. It was a fucking terrible cover, too. It was. They weren't even on Board the Board shorts? Yeah. What the fuck? They're like, EA? around like. Bunch of palm trees. What the absolute fuck yeah, was that? happened with that? But, you know, we really stuck to see Makar on there, though. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I'll tell you what I think Makar is. Uh, I'll talk about this uh, when we get into our oh, ass yeah. talk. Oh, yeah. But I think he has been kind of hit with a little bit of a curse so far. He's It's been, it's been kind of shaky so far. But until before we get into that, we do have to, uh, we do have to go into a... Uh, on the bench with Beaks staple, a Dave Zamboni's pick. Hell yeah, we're it, it, we're back, baby. So yeah, let's kick it on over to Dave for uh, Dave Zamboni's pick of the episode. Take it away, Dave. Thanks for sending it over, Beaks. Dave from the Zamboni's here. Good to be back on the show. If I sound a little mellow, it's about 12.30 in the morning here, and uh, my wife and kid are asleep, but that's not going to stop me from your song of the day. Today, it is the Gretzky Twist. Why the Gretzky Twist? Why not the Gretzky Twist? Is he the greatest player ever? Or, or, or is it or? Or is it how? I don't know. It's a tough one, but that's, you guys are going to have to decide that. 
This song was made up in the basement very quickly. Uh, you know, it's, the words are uh, self-explanatory over there in Edmonton, over there with the L.A. Kings. It just sort of happened, but uh, we got our guitarist Steve just going nuts, and we, we were cracking up while he wouldn't stop soloing, so what the heck. It's the Gretzky Twist by the Zambonis. See ya, Beaks. Everybody do the Gretzky twist, yeah! Everybody gonna move like this, yeah! Then you dig to the left and then you dig to the right, yeah! Hey, out Edmonton, over there with the L.A. Kings! Everybody do the Gretzky twist! Check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp. Go over there, buy some shirts, buy some awesome Zamboni's uh, uh, garb. Buy their entire discography. You can get it for like 32 bucks right now on Bandcamp. So give them some love. Say hi to Dave. You know, we love them. Jam out a little bit. Oh, for real. The, be- the best and only hockey band in the world. 
Speaking of, you know, what they consider the best right now is uh, this new kid, right? This Connor Bedard guy. Who the hell is he? Where did uh, he come from? How did he get here? Nobody knows. Uh, I think we all know. They've, 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 they've been shoving Bedard down everybody's throat for so long. Well, not even so long for the lot, for like this the entire beginning of the season. This little baby face. This this little this little baby face guy just comes into the league. Little eighteen year old kid. Ridiculous. He's eighteen. Unreal. And you know, it's not like it's never been done before. But yeah, I mean, the kid literally looks like he's going through puberty right I mean, now. I watched him. You know, Nav's game just through warm ups on the glass, and he's not a very big guy at all. He's no, not he's very small. Big. Um. I mean, not say I can size him up, but like he's like I feel like he'd be eye to eye on skates, and he's just a little baby, just like a high school kid came out of nowhere, and he's super impressive. Obviously, first round draft pick, but yeah, I mean, I mean the the comparisons that people have been making, right? Um, comparing him to the great, the great one. They're um, lofty. They're lofty. Pretty lofty. So. You know, what we're going to do here next is just really compare Connor Bedard in his first 15 games to some of the top centers here in the league. And, Cody, you have some stats here, eh? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, so I, what I did was looked at, you know, like the most poignant centers in the in the league right now. So I looked at McDavid. I looked at Matthews. I looked at um, Sidney Crosby and uh, Nathan McKinnon. And so, I mean uh, – for McDavid's first 10 games, he had five goals, five assists. I mean, time on ice, like 18 minutes, 33 seconds for, you know, average. Uh, Matthews, six goals, four assists. Six. For, he had four goals in his first game. For way. real, yeah. So he kind of fell off after that, you know, only scoring like two more goals within his first 10. Um, Nathan McKinnon had kind of a dismal first 10. He only had one goal and six assists. Look at him now. And then uh, Sid, uh, two goals, twelve assists. And uh, as as we're looking at it right now, what uh, Bedard? I want to say Medard. 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 I'm getting a little <laughs> Bedarded. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you Bedard. <laughs> you freaking Bedard. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, he what? He's got nine goals, five assists so far in his fifteen first game, first fifteen games. Started off a little slow. Everybody was kind of like uh, everybody who wasn't on the Bedard train, me included, was like, "Oh, this kid's fuck this kid." It was it was a lot. I mean, but you can tell there's certain aspects during the game where it's still a lot for him to take in. Oh, for um, sure. But uh, like in the faceoff circle, definitely not the best right now. And imagine this: you know, your first five games, you're you're going to be playing against Crosby your first game, right? That's that was epic. And then yeah, you go. Then you go play Boston twice, where you know you got past the neck, and then Marshan was just giving him loads of trouble. And you come over to Colorado, and you're now you're facing off against Nathan McKinnon. You get double teamed in the corner there. Didn't have a good night. You guys got blown out. Yeah, so Colton like, and Colton and uh, Miles Wood give, <laughs> getting a nice little Bedard sandwich yeah, there. Yeah, little s'more. Yeah. So I mean. Looking at it, you know, the kid's on track. The kid's going to be on track, you know. He is. I mean, again, positionally, he sets people up. And, you know, there's two, there's hat trick he had the other day. Amazing. Yeah, like how, for sure. So, I mean, obviously, he's a quick learner. We're not even in a quarter into the season. And he's he's been killing it. Yeah. He, well, and you know what? That's, you know, that's the growing pains from go, going from, you know, uh, uh, from juniors to to the pro leagues, I mean, every like every player is going to have something, 
you know, a learning curve and, and Bedard's no different. And what I do look though is, you know, as, you know, advertise his wrist shot. It, yeah, for it's sure. Joe Sackick esque at times and in ways, you know, able to steal the puck. His last, you know, highlights of him just stealing the puck to pop it in the net from, you know, ridiculous angles. Yeah. Um, that little swipe he had just coming in, just behind the player, swipes the puck to a player, goes in one timer. Like that was these highlights he's had, they're only, they're only going to get better. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, like uh, how I mentioned his bad face off percentage. I mean, when you come into a league, 18 year old playing against these 30 year old uh, centers that, you know, do this in their fucking sleep. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's going to be a, a huge mountain to, to tr- trek up. So, I mean, to to say that you know to use that against him is kind of you know kind of chintzy. It is because you know he's eighteen. He hasn't uh, really. He doesn't have that. He's not. Again, he's a kid. Um, yeah, not the he man strength. He hasn't then. grown into yeah. his hockey body, his man body yet. I mean, yeah. give him a couple years. He's gonna eat way better than we are, right? He's gonna be lifting. I mean, he's gonna be getting big. I oh, think he's sure. gonna be kind of where you know how McKinnon was. He wasn't the biggest guy ever, but now he's just a total horse. He's scary to see coming through the neutral zone. For sure. Um, and, and I think Bedard has the same potential. Once he gets the hockey body going, he's going to be, you know, really hard to move around the ice. He's going to be hard to move out of the front of the net, more puck control. Yeah. Um, he's going to be able to actually control games, I think. Um, for for sure. You know, and that comes, that just comes with, you know, growing in your man body and uh, adjusting that way. But overall, I think the media the media has been a little ridiculous. It's um, been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, TNT uh, literally <laughs> can't get his, his name out of their fucking mouth. I mean, uh, like the the player tracking, it's only Bedard, and it's on him the entire fucking time. It's like worse than the Taylor Swift stuff. It's it's gotten out of control. Oh, it's insane. It's it really is. And I mean, like, yeah, we get it. That's fu- Bedard's out on the fucking ice. We get it, dude. We get it. Like, I mean, uh, holy fucking shit. And then you wonder why he looks the way he does at the time. Just big old eyes, just kind of like, where am I? Why am I here? Like, I don't even know what to say sometimes. He just, yeah. The pressure you can tell is on him. Like, he knows he's in the media all the time. Camera's always on him. His personal life, his all private life. All up his ass, yeah. All up his ass. And yeah, it's not going to stop for probably another year. He, eventually, he'll be like Sidney Crosby. Things will still, still be on you, like Nathan McKinnon and the Hot Shots. But, yeah. you know, for an 18-year-old kid... I mean, that is a lot to take in. And, you know, um, credit to him, too. And he even said this. He's like, man, if, you know, if I wasn't like a Blackhawks fan or something uh, and how much you're seeing my name, I would be annoyed, too. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's annoying. It really is. He's like, and, I'm sorry. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. And, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> right. And, you know, the NHL does have a problem with how they like they market their big stars. And I just don't think they're doing it right by literally just bedarting all over everything. Just give them some space every once in a while. You know, when there's big games, you want to compare them to things. Yeah, definitely do that. But ever since the draft, he hasn't had a chance to breathe. No, not and even. Even prior to the draft. You know, oh, yeah. He just didn't have a chance to breathe. and Not a, not a chance. And as you know, you look at it this way, it's like I think NHL, they do market their players very well. I think, you know, with the NFL, NHL, they do very – very good job at that. Um, but I think for 18-year-old kid, it's just a lot. Look at the NBA. They don't market crap at their players. They're horrible about that. The NBA is terrible about it. You know, the PGA, horrible. 
MLB is horrible. The what? The PGA, the Pro Golf Association. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, fucking, you know, all you know, it's soccer. You name it, it all kind of sucks. I'm really happy where the NHL's at in terms of marketing players in general. Um, Interesting. Different perspective for sure, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just you know, like uh, when yeah, when you're not a fan of the team or particularly excited about this one player, uh, you know, it does get a lot. And even today, you know, we went to a youth hockey game and just doing a lot for, I think, hockey in general, the sport's growing. People are watching it more. They're getting into it. We're getting new fans. Yeah. The, the sport's growing because I think they market their players very well. Um, but other than that, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the, the homeboys. The boys yeah, are- I mean, it wouldn't be an On the Bench with Beaks episode without talking oh. a little bit abs. Um I mean, uh, I would say uh, over this off season, total almost total overall of the bottom six. Uh, yeah, it looks like we got roided out. There's a bunch of big dudes out there. I'll tell you what, man. I am I, I am impressed. I mean, uh, Miles Wood is a huge addition. Uh, Ross Colton and even some of the uh, some of the lower tier players. I mean, like Yoel Kiviranta, mm-hmm. uh, Ry- uh, Riley Tufty. You know, I mean, it's been it's been a great uh, off season for the Avs, and I think, you know, I, I don't don't get me wrong, we've had our fucking problems so far, you know, like getting shut out like for our first three losses, and then getting mollywopped eight to two, from uh, in St. Louis. But uh, I think, um, you know, that's just something you got to iron out with these, especially with these new guys playing, and I think. Now that we're starting to get into like the meat of starting to really surge into the meat of the season, uh, season, it's getting ironed out. It is as a fan. You're, you're, there are times where you're like, "Where's the chemistry at?" You know, we're looking for instant gratification because we did win the cup two years ago. Yeah, we are. Um, uh, we're a bit spoiled, and we <laughs> act like it. That's for sure. But hey, we're sitting second in the division. Um, not too, not too sad about that. One point behind Dallas for um, sure, especially and- after. Last night, night we yeah. kicked their ass. I mean, yeah, going down three three goals to nothing and then six unanswered goals, that's huge. And I think that's going to be uh, – I think that uh, that this game and the game before that where where we did beat Anaheim 8-2 to two was uh, – I think that's really us turning the page and really starting to, you know, kind of gel with each other. It is. And you're starting to see that starting to slowly come together, right? And you're looking at, you know, not even 20 games into the season. Um, not even you know you know quarter into it, and so what we've seen so far, yeah, it's not going to be the you know the final the final product. But as a fan base, I do still see that you know as a big ass fan, you know we are playing down to our opponents' you know skill level sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're so good at that, and that's been something that's happening for years. <laughs> I mean, this is the Colorado curse. Yeah, it's fucking frustrating um, for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, then you see them playing against top tier teams. You know, the Ducks. And you saw what happened with the Stars yesterday. Um, you know, there's a big difference between their, the skill level. And I think there's times where there's, you know, we're missing Landis Gog a lot. Um, yeah. I think with Landy not being there, you're seeing, you know, what's the what's happening between periods? What's being said? Where's the leadership at? I know that Mac, yeah, he can be vocal, but he's also pretty quiet. Um, and he's very emotional, you know, and you can see it on the bench. And I think, you know, when you, uh, behind closed doors, he's probably even more amplified. And sometimes that might be seen as toxic or kind of hard to work with. Definitely. But I mean, that's that's the passion that you want 
in a fucking hockey player. Exactly. You know? and, and you get Taves, you know, you have your Branson. I mean, you I mean, you look at Bednar, I mean, there's not a whole lot of vocal guys on that team who wear the who wear the, you know, the patches and who had the leadership. It's not very vocal. And I think that's when you're you're a missing Landy. Absolutely. Um, I mean, especially just like the way he leads. You know, he's not he's not going to come in there and, you know, uh, bitch you out or, you know, not say anything. He's, he's he knows how to lead. He's always he's a natural born leader for sure. And I yeah, I agree. And and you do uh miss his like in, uh, not even just in the in the locker room but on the ice too, like a physical dominating like headstrong performance. But I think uh with getting Miles Wood and Ross Colton, they've kind of uh procured something that'll uh that'll really help with that. It has. And you almost want, you know, what's happening on those third and fourth lines to be contagious to the second and first. For sure. You know, and it's not quite there yet. I think, you know, Druin is still kind of finding his spot. Not really impressed with Druin so Ugh, far. No, not um, at all. You know, and then you know, there are, you know, you know, you have Miles Wood. Fairly impressed. You know, we needed people like that in the, in the, in the center ice. We needed things, you know, in the percentage in the center ice to go up. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, that third line of Logan O'Connor, mm-hmm. Miles Wood, and Ross Colton has been my favorite part about watching Avalanche hockey right now. I mean, if you can divide all each of those guys up into one of the first, second, and third lines, you better do it. Uh, if something's going bad. But right now, yeah. together, they're, I mean, scary. I mean, they tire you out. You have to... Top three most blue collared guys, probably on the team right now besides Mac. Oh no, yeah, they and, they really are. They, I mean, uh, I tell you, they 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 get into the they. I mean, they forecheck so fucking hard, and they have the, this just unspoken chemistry that they they just know where each other are. Yeah, and they, their feet never stop moving. Oh yeah, um, they're always attacking. They're always the first to the puck. If they're not, they're smashing somebody. Always finishing um, checks. I mean, I'll tell you what, dude. I just absolutely love the physical game that they, those three bring. The entire team is more physical. Um, Truly, that comes along with size, right, and weight. And, yeah, it's infectious. And so, and, and then you see, um, I think Logan O'Connor's two or three fights in the season already. I mean, yeah, I mean, and huge uh, shorthanded goals. All around, I mean, fucking, and I mean, Miles Wood is uh, hopped on that train, and Ross Colton too. You know, they started out slow, but they're like that game against Anaheim really was huge for the bottom six in scoring. I mean, Cogliano, Kiviranta, Colton, Wood, all Tufty has been a big surprise. Oh yeah, Tufty's been fantastic. I think I really want to see him. Play more games consistently is where we need him. Oh, absolutely! Or you know, uh, I would love to see Kiviranta, Tufty, and Cogliano on a line power play. Put him on a power play; they'd be great. And yeah, that's uh, one thing that's been so fucking uh, frustrating for me is Bednar's second power play line. You've got three fucking defensemen on a power play line. Who does that? It doesn't fucking work, man. I mean, the mind frame, I think it might have gotten to his head a little bit, is, yeah, we have a lot of offensive defensemen, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be as durable below the hash marks. And, you know, that's if you want to get out of the zone, if you want to see more shorthanded goals, you don't do that. You don't do that. You don't put Gerard out there either. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, overall, yeah, you can't. I mean, we had it's such you know a plus and minus. It was great last year compared to our power play. We scored just about all the time on the power play. Oh it's yeah, it's been abysmal. Um, yeah, the slingshot. What is that? Not only do you have three, you know, sometimes on PK you have three out there. Sorry, 
on the, was it the power play? Power play, yeah. Yeah, three defensemen. Like, what are you? What are you thinking there? Like, they're just not one that's not going to work. You know, you can get guys below the hash marks, but they're not going to be as durable as Mika Rantanen. Um, yeah, Kale McCarr, yeah, put him out there. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. I don't know. You, you, you sit here and you really think about it. Like, Cogliano would be perfect. Like, there's, there's three guys out there that you need out there. Yeah. Um, why not Logan O'Connor? But you have three defensemen yeah. out there. Why not Logan O'Connor, Miles Wood, and Ross Colton with Taves and, I don't know, maybe um, I, Chushkin? Yeah. And then you think about the speed, right? The speed you need to have on that slingshot. McKinnon's going to be shooting at the ice 25 miles an hour. Yeah, they're offensive defensemen, but they're not going to be where they need to be when Nate is going to be at the hash marks, probably shooting the puck. You're waiting for support. Where are you? You're, well, it just you can sh- you can see the speed is not there for the support. Well, it's totally um, contradictory. You're putting like defensemen out on an offensive, you know, situation. Like you, you, you have to think offensively, and you're putting three fucking defensemen out there. Like it just it makes no fucking sense. It doesn't, not at all, and we didn't do it last year. And oh no, we did it last year, and it fucking suffered. Yeah, when the the whole season, oh we gosh. yeah. I mean, I'm talking the slingshot or the three defense. The three defensemen on the power. Oh, play. that is so horrible. Yeah, that has to stop. I mean, everyone knows what we're doing, and, and the slingshot's got to stop. And you know, it's fucking ironic about it is that uh, we've had more shorthanded goals against those three defensemen on the power play. This is true. This is true. Not lying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I, I don't get it, and I, I just I I'm I'm fucking fed up with it. I, I have mean, not seen have, any other team do that. We, well, because no, because nobody will fucking do it because it's stupid. It's, it's fucking dumb. Like we have enough offensive power to put fucking two solid power play lines out uh, out on the ice, and we're putting three fucking defensemen out on a on a fucking power play. It's just it's it's stupid. I I don't mm. get it. I mean, I mean. As nitpicky as it is, it, it might work sooner or later. I just think the chemistry is there, but no one's doing it. We shouldn't be special and try to do something that hasn't been done before. Just stick to what works. Yeah, why are you um, trying to reinvent the fucking wheel, man? Literally. Yeah, I just don't get it. And, and what is so aggravating is you have some of these power plays, these penalty kills. You're out here with Gerard, and he's getting moved out of the front of his own net. Oh, getting lost. He, he, he like the Ger, Sam Gerard is the epitome of terrible defense. This is the Sam Gerard smear campaign day number one. Day number one. Believe it. It's gonna happen more. <laughs> Did you know that we could have had Kadri if we got rid of Sam Gerard? That's just so. Weird. Oh, we get, we had a lot of we. Uh, I mean, uh, with that five million dollar cap hit, we could do a lot with that. He's you know he's a great skater. He has a cool lot tornado thing going on. Like that's pretty cool. Every once in a while, but it's not that, even effective anymore. It's, everyone can do it now. Yeah, and the man can't skate fucking backwards. He plays defense. That's so important. Right? Yeah, a little. Bit. Oh yeah. Um, Every time on a rush, he's skating backwards, and then the the puck carrier is just skating right by him, and then he has to turn, and by then he's fucking got the the puck carrier is gone, scoring a goal. What's also aggravating is that, you know, sometimes he looks like one of these AAA players just slapping the puck up the boards to get it out. It's almost like the injury he had with, you know, against the Blues a couple years ago. He's so scared to get the puck in the corner and then do something with it. He literally will smack it up the boards and not even zero purpose. Zero purpose, doesn't look, doesn't get his head up. And then that's where you see a lot of these power play goals come from. 
he's digging the puck out of the net by himself a lot of the time. That's how I know he's out there. I mean, for Cripe's sakes, one of the uh, goals that uh, I think it was the Anna, uh, I think it was the game before Anaheim. Literally, he's running into George, uh, George uh, Georgiev, and knocking it in himself. The man has zero fucking idea where he's at on the ice at any time. Coach Bednar, anybody out there listening? Chris listen. McFarland, fucking somebody. Listen, listen, you got to do something with Sam Gerard. And yeah. we'll do this again on the next episode. Oh, it's going to continue until he's <laughs> Until out. he's gone. He's out, we'll yeah. continue to do it when he's gone because we just hate, I can't stand him. Oh, yeah. We met his family one time. Remember that? Yeah. At the bar. And they all, yeah, that was like kind of cool. But now it's just like, hey. His brother. Yeah. His brother was nice. He was buying drinks for like everybody. Yeah, he was buying drinks. He was super cool. But they were like, yeah, I'm not really going to tell you what I think about how you feel about it. You know, it's really cool to meet you though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, this is, I, you probably get it all the time actually. So we're not going to pile on. I mean, <laughs> we're at the ball arena, the Coors bar, second floor. And that was uh yeah, very interesting. Like, oh, you're here we go. You're Sam Gerard's brother. huh? Hey, yep. And I was wearing the La Tornade t-shirt. And I'm like, hey, look at me. I'm wearing your brother's t-shirt. Eh. Yeah, I can't believe you even fucking bought that. <laughs> hey, it was online. It was kind of cool. <laughs> Fair. It was back when he was kind of good at hockey. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, that's just smear. Yeah. that's uh, Well, it's going to keep Schmear happening. Smear on the bagel. Smear on the Gerard bagel. I'm, I'm a smeary bagel. <laughs> So if you haven't, I mean, obviously everybody probably knows, um, just moving on here, you know, the whole Adam Johnson situation, you know, unfortunate, the unfortunate passing by getting cut in the neck by skate, uh, you know, um, yeah, apparently the guy that, uh, that, that the skate that cut him is he's been arrested for manslaughter. What do you think about that? Um, you know, we, I probably, you know, some of our listeners, you've probably seen, you know, the goalie get his neck slashed. You probably Blarchuk. saw, Chuck. yeah, you probably saw what happened to Vander Kane and his, his wrist getting, um, not Evander Kane. Um, yeah, it was Vander Kane. It was, he got, you know, his wrist stepped on. And then this year, uh, Jordan Eberle got cut in the leg. Yeah. Just and recently at practice. Playoffs last season, we saw a guy get cut in the face with 17 stitches and he came back to the game. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that was, uh, Adam Lowry, was it Adam Lowry? I th- I'm not sure. I think this year there was another skate to the face incident at one point. Um, trying to figure that out. But these things happen typically on accident. Yeah. Um, and and when you're out on the ice, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. You got sticks. You got, you know, your helmet could be an issue sometimes. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things going on. And so it was really weird. As, after watching the video, I'm watching this, um, you know, there's times, you know, when you're looking at this, it could be an accident, and then you slow it down, right? I'm watching this is slowing itself down, and it looks kind of like there was a motion. Um, and these things, you know, just like throwing a knee out, like throwing a knee or just like not like controlling your stick and a high stick, and things happen. But, you know, when it's a skate and a blade in the bottom of your foot and you're using it um, because you're agitated at somebody, you know, it doesn't really mean you're there to play the game, right? For sure. And so something as malicious as that, um, it's it's surprising because you think hockey players are usually the most down-to-earth guys, you know, 
shit happens, we'll fight, we'll take care of it, we'll step outside kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and, we're, and we're boys later because it's part of the sport. But. Yeah, you carry a, a decent amount of uh, honor, integrity, or at least you would like to think. There's a code, right? Yeah. There's a code we follow. Uh, like, yeah. When you drop the ice after a fight, you stop punching people. Right. But yeah, when, when there's weapons on the bottom of your feet like that, um, and there's emotion like that, it's, it's very questionable, and it looks like it was kind of done maliciously. And it's really sad to see because, you know, he was, you know, a great player for the Penguins, right? You know, he played in the big show. He went yeah. to Europe to go play some hockey. Oh, yeah. And that's how it ended. Um, yeah. It's just not a good look for hockey in general. Um, but, you know, it's it's sad that, you know, both parties now, their lives have totally changed, right? You have a, you have a family who they're great hockey player and now he's not here anymore yeah and he's probably a big part of their financial aspect and how they live their life right um yeah i mean you're you're a family member you're a brother you're you're a son you're you know uh, i mean maybe married who knows you got teammates um you got family you got friends they're all affected by that then you have you know like you know um i don't know who the player's name is um who was charged i'm not sure either uh yeah, I, I don't think they released it, did they? Uh, well, I, I mean, you could probably find it out. Let's look it up real quick. Um, but you know, he's also affected too. And his family's also affected by that because he can't play hockey no more. Neither neither can you know. Yeah, if he, he's facing criminal charges now, you know, it's it's good. It's it's going to be changing his like uh, like complete landscape of his life. And whether it was done maliciously or not, you know, uh, he's suffering these consequences that are. They're not little. They're not little consequences. It's not a slap on the wrist or anything. So, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a contentious um situation for sure. Isn't there hasn't been a name released? Just as a man's been arrested in England. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, suspicion of manslaughter, and the death of American ice hockey player Adam Johnson. So yeah, I um, guess uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. See how see how this goes. But yeah, it's uh. It's interesting, you know, and you know the game's so fast, and it's so it is still a rough sport. But shit, I don't know, man. It's 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 a tough call. And you know there are going to be results coming from this, not just legally, and you know you know the sadness of this, but there's going to be. I've just seen different um, equipment mandates probably coming from this as well. Well, yeah, the um, uh, the league that it's in, the uh, the EIAH, I think it's, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, yeah, they they've officially mandated uh, that you every player has to have a net card, and there's been talk about that in the NHL. But I think uh, TJ Oshie said it best because he's actually started wearing one, but he's like. You know we're adults. You know we're uh, we can make our own decisions. This is uh, ultimately our decision, and you know I'm a father, so uh, I'm going to choose to wear it. But you know, and you've seen some uh, pro pro players already start to wear those neck guards, and yeah. ultimately it is it is their choice. It, it depends on who you are. You know, like if you don't want to wear it, you you shouldn't have to wear it. But you know. And in Canada, it's been mandated. Even when I was, you know, there for hockey camps, I was mandated to show up with a net guard. And that's been something they've been doing forever and at like, the youth level. Yeah. Um, and yeah, T.J. Oshie, he has, he has his own. It's designed by him. It's called War Road Hockey. And so you had full suits um, all the way down to your wrists, to your forearms, and to the mid portion of your neck. That, yeah. Um, and, of course, the net guards. It kind of looks 
blended it in as well. When I'm looking at this, it kind of blends in with your neck. It's not like a big old neck guard. Yeah, um, not like the bulkier ones that like Thomas. Yeah, it looks actually kind of sleek. Actually, um, it looks sleek. But I've also heard that NHL and other people like that are going to kind of get rid of it. You can't be having your jersey over your elbow elbow pads. That looks kind of have to go away. Is what I've been hearing a little bit. Just that makes sense too. But that does that does make sense. I mean, look at Evander Kane. You know. It is. It looks kind of cool, um, but then your wrist is showing. That's probably what happened. See, yeah, One more layer might have prevented that from happening. For real, um, yeah. I mean, maybe or a, a less work, less damage at least, at yeah. the very least. You maybe know? not cutting your tendons. Yeah, and you know, it's funny is that when I played, that's how I played with the my uh, with my jersey tucked over, tucked up uh, on my. Uh, but uh, luckily, is. I never you know uh, had anything happen or anything like that. But. Or they've heard of NHL, and you know some minor leagues have been tailoring jerseys so that way it does go over your wrists. Right. It's, it's making it more tighter to your wrist so it doesn't go over it. So you can pull there. it back up. Yeah. Exactly. Or um, there's just some things I've read in articles. But overall, you know, if you're out there, you play hockey, and even at the beer league level, it's just something you definitely should consider. You know, freak accidents happen, man. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a like I said, it's a contingent situation for sure. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's really sad to hear you know it's happened, but it's also preventative. Um, for real, and I mean every the Nottingham Panthers. I mean even like the NHL, like the Penguins and everybody, they had an incredible you know memorial for him, a memorial game and everything. Uh, uh, the the Nottingham Panthers had a special jersey they wore that had. Adam Johnson, number 47 on it. I believe it was 47. I can't mm, remember. I think what. it was, too. Uh, but, yeah, they wore special jerseys and everything at a memorial game for him. And, I mean, you know, that is one thing that, you know, the hockey community does right is, you know, they do, res- they, do they respect their own, you know. Or at least try to in most situations. I mean, obviously there's some fucked up outliers like the mm-hmm. Chicago Blackhawks last year. but Oh, totally. Oh, you know, but I mean, silver lining, you know, you know, as a hockey player, we love what we do. Um, and it's probably really scary for him in the moment, but it was one of these things to where it's like, hey, it happened when you were playing the thing that you like to do. That's Yeah. Um, so there's, and you, you left it on the ice, literally. So that's one thing you can't take back from that. Like, hey, he was a trooper. He's a hockey player. He was tough. And, and uh, yeah, you love doing it. So, yeah. So, I mean, rest in peace, Adam. Yes, sir. For sure. And uh, thoughts and prayers go out to you know your family the and your teammates and all that but um as far as things go i think that's about all we have for uh this week it was a total banger and i think we did a pretty good job here coming back from a little hiatus eh? yeah dusting the cobwebs off you know we take the sticks we put you know you put our uh you know our, our little flippers back in our mouths we're all good to go yep absolute so yeah um thank you guys for listening and uh hopefully you listen uh, start listening again um, check us out on anywhere podcasts are really shot out. Spotify, Apple, fucking so many others. I forgot gonna, about this. Why don't you just edit that in there again? Just take it from an episode. Yeah, for real. Because I, I, I can't even remember them right now. Too many beers have gone in between here. <laughs> <laughs> so until then, uh, thank you so much, guys. And uh, uh, welcome back to On the Bench. Yeah, I mean, shout outs, I guess. Just, you know, uh, thanks to the fam and the listeners. Hope you guys are hearing this. Always and... the Zambonis and Dave, uh, Dave Zamboni for making our amazing picks always. Yeah, uh, go drink good beer, watch some hockey. Oh, hell yeah, let's go. See you next time. Sayonara.
let's try the damn thing, see what happens. 